Welcome to the Twinkle Talks EYFS podcast. Working in the early years is busy, funny, messy and exhausting. Join me, Shana, and the rest of the Twinkle EYFS team as we talk honestly about our experiences as practitioners, teachers and professional nappy changers. Whether you're listening to increase your CPD hours or catching up on our antics whilst driving home from work, Twinkle EYFS will share everything you need to know about all things early years. Hello, lovely listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Twinkle Talks EYFS. I hope you've had a lovely day, uh, whatever you've been doing, and I'm excited to talk to you today about the little topic around snack time. Uh, but before we get into that, it's also time for another round of Praise a Practitioner, where we get to celebrate what you guys have been doing on the front line, as it were. So let's hear what you've been up to. Mrs B EYFS would like to praise her fabulous TA, Lisa Penn. Mrs. B says she always goes above and beyond, reads my mind and keeps me sane. I tell her lots how much she's appreciated. Shell would like to praise Tash and she says it's because she has gone out of her way to make sure that we can provide for our families and children. She even brought in muffins today. I couldn't get through the day without her. And finally, the assistants would like to praise Eduardo, a special needs teacher, because he's just graduated and works for the first time and he's really doing his best and working hard. Well done everyone for your amazing hard work. Tune in next time for more Praise the Practitioner. Perhaps nominate someone you'd like to put forward too. So, on to the main event of our topic for today's episode, which is all about snack time. Now, I just wanted to basically discover how you guys do snack time in your settings. Um, The only two ways that I know about currently are to have maybe a sit-down snack where you choose a certain time in the day to have maybe key worker groups sit down and have snack, maybe whole class time snack. And then on the other side of that is something called rolling snack where there's a specific snack station and it's open uh, for a certain amount of time and the children pick and choose when they go to have their snack. Before we go into the pros and cons and your experiences of either a sit-down snack or a rolling snack, I think it's really good to have a look at the skills and the additional benefits that children have uh, when they do any kind of snack time. The website inclusiveteach.com lists loads of skills that children get and practice from, from having a snack time or you know a sit-down meal time. One of them being turn-taking, absolutely. They have to share, wait their turn for a piece of snack, wait their turn for a chair, things like that. Social interaction, there's obviously um, a lot of chat around meal times and when we're we're having a little sit-down and a snack. And that's just in life, not just in uh, snack time. It's also practising expressive and receptive language skills. And if you're not sure what that means, it's basically speaking and listening expressive is using their creative ability to use vocabulary uh, to discuss different things and receptive language is about what they're taking in what they're listening to and how they're responding 
Uh, another skill that children can learn from snack time is following instructions. Things like washing your hands before you go, how to cut up an apple piece, how to pour milk, how to clear up the table when you're done. So there's lots of um, instructional language that the children are picking up there. Life skills, that's a big one. If you look at the development matter statements, you know, it's all about things like, can they hold a cup with two hands? Can they feed themselves? Can they actually recognise and verbalise when they're hungry, when they're finished, when they need the bathroom? Um, Things like um, health and self-care, how to make sure that they're washing their hands before and after. If there's a spill, so health and safety as well, if there's a spill, do they know? Um, what to do do they know how to ask for help if they need help so yeah loads and loads of life skills there making healthy choices is also a really big one we work so hard don't we to make sure that the children get a balanced and healthy choice of snack that might be assorted pieces of fruit and vegetables that might be a mixture of crackers and biscuits and breadsticks might even be yogurt might be milk and water. So we always really make sure we have a balanced range of of healthy choices for them to choose from. And I think it's really important as well because the children are so young in the earlier settings that they are going to get hungrier quicker. So three hours in a morning session is, is actually a very long time for a small child. So we always put that as our priority, don't we, as practitioners to make sure that they have a healthy balanced snack to give them enough energy to keep going throughout the day. And we teach them about those healthy choices and hopefully encourage them to make them healthy choices for themselves. They also list waiting. That's a really big skill that even I, as an adult, sometimes struggle with. Waiting for their turn, uh, waiting for a friend to finish because they haven't finished snack time yet and they want to have, they want to play a game with them and they haven't, they haven't finished, they need to hurry up. Uh, Waiting for the fruit basket to be passed around. Um, and it's and you're not first and um, things like that so yeah waiting is a really important skill and social role valorization is another skill social role valorization was birthed by a dr wolf in 1983 and he defines it as the enablement enhancement maintenance and or defense of social roles for people particularly those at risk by using as much as possible culturally valued means And I think basically what that means is we all take on a community role in snack time. We learn to serve others. We learn to wait for our turn. We learn to discuss our values. We learn to discuss our our home and our cultural backgrounds. And so, yeah, where we learn to work and play together as a community. So I wanted to look at the sit down snack first or group snack um, because I have the majority of experience in this field. So I thought I would be best to comment on this one rather than rolling snack, which is what I'm going to rely on you guys for. I don't know everything and I don't pretend to know everything. And I love learning from you guys and hearing your experiences. So I can't wait to hear what you have to say. But for starters... I have predominantly used a sit-down snack 
for both nursery and reception for a variety of reasons. One of them being we had so many children, so many children. And I think it was much more manageable for me and my team to have a group of children sitting down for snack at a time, especially in nursery, we would definitely do the key worker group snack time because it would then not only say free up space in the nursery for other children to really get involved and play, it also meant a lot for the children who were sitting down with their key worker and just having that five, 10 minutes, 15 for the slow ones, because there's always one, <laughs> and just rest and eat and chat together. I think what we were really trying to get out of it is we were trying to mimic um, a mealtime, which they might have at home. I think one of the things we realised, especially for our area, we were we worked in a deprived area, that a lot of our children had no experience of a sit-down meal at a table with their family. That just wasn't something that was in their life, in their experience their parents may be doing shift work. So not everybody could sit down and eat at the same time. I do think technology comes into it as well. I have to admit, I sit in front of the television and have my dinner sometimes. And we really had a focus on communication and language in our area. Um, I think me, because I have a degree in linguistics and um, childhood development of communication and language, This was a real sort of passion for me to really give children that space to just sit and converse. It's a very different kind of skill than than an activity with a key group worker and you're learning something or um, when you're asking a child questions and interacting with them through play. Conversational language is a very, very different skill. And I really wanted children to experience that too. And I think we were really hyper aware of our area and their needs and the communication language. And also social skills was a really big development. So that's why it worked for us. I actually did it in reception as well. And instead of whole group snack time, we actually did whole class snack time where we would sit in the circle on the carpet. We'd just take some time. We'd sit down all together and just be united just for like, 20 minutes, have a little chat. The children would always be so excited to be nominated snack monitor, drink monitor, water bottle monitor. Um, So that was really nice because they were taking on a role of serving their community, serving their class community, which they always loved to do. And what we tried to do with reception, again, we were in another deprived area, is we tried to actually turn snack time into a learning point. We would sometimes use this website called Explorify. It's wonderful. It's this um, great website for teaching scientific concepts and things. And sometimes there would be a zoomed in picture of of an object and we would have to guess what it was. And each time you could step out a little bit and give yourself a clue. Um, There were other pictures where there were three pictures of objects or people or animals And the title was Odd One Out, Tell Me Why. And what was amazing about that was each picture could be the odd one out from the other two. There were so many different options. And it was really interesting to see 
what the children picked up on and also gave them that opportunity to practice their explanation skills as well. Another thing we did is called helicopter stories. So we'd all develop a story together. Somebody um, would act it out in the middle of the story. We'd all come up with ideas. And I actually had my own snack time book where I would scribe the stories for, for us. So we had a record of all these incredible fun stories that we had. And another thing we did, we used something called Pobble 365. And it's basically a picture a day. And you can use it for nursery reception all the way up to year six. It's completely flexible. Um, so what we did is we went on the calendar, picked the picture for that day, and it could be the most amazing picture, completely fantastical, out of this world. And sometimes I would ask them to make a story out of it. Other times I would develop their questioning skills out of it. So I would ask them, who is in this picture? What are they doing? Where are they going? Why are they doing this? How do you think they did this? And then I'd get into sort of predictive language as well. And I'd ask them questions like, what would happen if and things like that and since then twinkle have actually brought out their own version of pubble 365 it's called twinkle imagine and if you go into the top right corner on the website under your name and you can see all the different apps twinkle go my resources there'll be one called twinkle imagine so go and take a look so we really really had a communication rich snack time and for me personally and my team and for the particular cohorts that I was working with and in the specific areas I was working with, I think the best way that I could do that was through sit down group whole class snack time. And that was just my choice. I know that there are um, some setbacks to doing that as well. For example, sometimes some children are so engaged in their play and then to take them out of that because it's snack time, I do feel a bit bad, like, oh, they're really engrossed in there, they could be really learning something there. So I do feel that I don't want to pull them out of their play. But also, they also need to eat is that really big, you know, push and pull of pros and cons there. So that's one of them. I think another one is that all children are different. And that means that their digestive systems work differently too. Some children might get hungrier than others during the day. And so that means that if you have all of the children sitting down for the snack at the same time, is that treating the children like individuals? Maybe not. It is making sure that every child gets fed or gets the opportunity to be fed. But I do recognise that. And also, there are some children, they didn't eat breakfast and they are absolutely starving, but they've got to wait until, you know, the set snack time to have something to eat. Now, if a child ever told me that they were hungry before, I would never say no way till snack time. And the parents were always really amazing at telling me as well that all oh, so-and-so's missed their snack. Not a problem, not a problem. Come on in, have a little satsuma while we get ready for for the day no problem but you know there are some children who aren't confident enough to tell you that or don't have the ability to tell you that and perhaps the parent forgot or the, perhaps the parents embarrassed to tell you that they didn't have breakfast this morning and they shouldn't be things happen <laughs> things happen we're here to support you but you know that's potentially where some children get missed and that could be another setback for sit down snack too So 
So now we're going to move on to experiences and pros and cons of using rolling snack in your setting. So as I said before, I've got not very much experience of this. Um, but luckily, we have the lovely Louise Bancroft, um, who has connected with us on Twitter, and she has very kindly offered to do an audio clip of her explaining why Rolling Snack works for her children in her setting. So let's hear from her. Hello, I'm Louise, and I just want to talk to you today about Rolling Snack and how we've implemented it in our school. So we set up Rolling Snack a few years back now. Now, my TA was desperate to set this up in our setting, but I was having none of it at the start. And I'm so glad she did persevere because I absolutely love it now. I think it works really well for our children. So the main reason for this was due to playtimes constantly interrupting the children's learning during our free flow continuous provision. We'd have to stop children mid-flow or we'd have to think about guided activities based around the playtime, and it just wasn't working for us. So we decided to create a designated snack station. We do provide the snack for the children at the moment. We didn't at the start. This is working really well for us as well. This was due to so many allergies, um, and we've taught the children how to access their own cereal, crackers and cheese, yogurts, etc., they wash the hand. They know they've got to wash the hands. They pop the name into a basket. Um, they get all their equipment out, whether they need the bowls or the spoons. And at the end of it, they even wash their own dishes, which is great. We do have to go over a few, but they, they do do a good job. Um, but before this, they did bring in their own snack each morning um, and they'd have it whenever they were hungry. So we found out there are pros and cons to it. More pros, I think. The children can have the snack whenever they're hungry. So they just go and help themselves unless we're doing a carpet time. It doesn't interrupt with free flow. It builds so much independence, confidence and self-esteem. They love helping themselves, especially to the cereal uh, machine and the milk. It develops fine motor skills. They've got to open their own tubes of yogurts. The self-care skills, got to make sure they've washed their hands before and after, clean up after themselves. And I think it's more of a social time. Children will plan who they're going to sit with, when are they going to sit down, and it's become like a little, uh, a little social time for them. There are negatives. So the cons are we only have six places at the table. So if there's anyone else who does want to join them, they do have to wait for a little bit unless they pull up an extra chair without us noticing. Um, we do have to make sure and monitor it and make sure that everybody's had their snack. So we have to monitor the station as well because, yeah, we, they do, they or they are trained to wash and clean up after themselves, but you get spillages and then we'll have to um, make sure the table's nice and clean after, after each sitting. Um, and sometimes they forget to put their name in, so some children will try for an, an extra pancake or an extra yoghurt if they've forgot, accidentally forgotten to put the name in. Um, so yeah, pros and cons. I think more pros than cons, but I think thinking about all of those, the pros outweigh the cons and it certainly works for us. So I think you should give it a go. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for sharing, Louise. It's really nice to hear what other practitioners are doing and it kind of almost inspires you to try it, doesn't it? Um, you know, no matter what it is, if you know, you're trying something and then you hear somebody else doing it another way and hearing their honest experiences of, of how it's going. It does make you want to try it, doesn't it? So you might have inspired some of our listeners, Louise. Thank you so much. 
And she makes some really good points, doesn't she? That even though, yes, there is a lot of work in, you know, in terms of training them on how to do it, it's so worth it because when they do rolling snack, the kind of skills that they gain from it are just really important life skills, social skills, health and self-care skills. So it's really important. And it's really nice to know as well that, you know, a lot of the skills that I was talking about that I felt I could do better with um, sit down snack, Louise felt she could do better doing rolling snacks. So it's just, it's really transferable. Like the activities I said that I was doing with my sit down snack, there's absolutely no reason why you couldn't do those activities in rolling snack. And it's just really about what's best for your children. And um, we're going to find out what you guys think. in every episode we like to get you guys involved so on our social media sites we put a poll out to ask you guys what kind of snack time do you do in your settings do you have a sit down group time snack or do you have rolling snack and also how does it work for you I'm really interested to see because there are so many different ways and I love hearing from you guys so let's have a look at the results astonishingly 43% of you have said that you do rolling snack, whereas 52% of you say you do group and class time snacks. So it's really close. And then 5% of you have said that you do a mix. And it's actually quite interesting when I break it down into maybe nursery versus reception uh, cohorts, it seems that more reception classes prefer to use rolling snack and nursery and younger classes prefer to use the whole class or group time snack. So it's an interesting mix there. And choosing whether to do rolling or group time snack, all 5% of you came from nursery as well. We also had some people write in to us about why they chose the approach they did. And we've had some really interesting experiences. So let's start with why some of our practitioners are choosing to use rolling snack. Ms. KSN writes, children learn to regulate themselves and know when they are hungry or not. Yeah, that is a really good point about rolling snack, isn't it? They do get to learn about their body, pick up on those signals um, on whether they're hungry or not. Christy Brown writes, she chooses rolling snack because her children develop independence. They follow a clear routine and instruct each other on the rules. They also develop language skills. So in her setting, they find their own name, card or picture to save their space while they wash their hands. They pour their own drinks, tell an adult when their jugs need refilling, open their own yogurt or spread their own cheese on crackers and clear away after themselves. There's no obligation to have snack and they can sit for a lengthy chat too or be up and gone again as fast as they like. We use lunchtime as a time to sit and eat with the children and model use of knives and forks so the children do have experience at that point. I really like that because... It's showing the different skills of rolling and group time, snack time, and using both of them and the pros to both. So they use rolling snack for snack time and a group time kind of setting for lunchtime. So they get the best of both. Really clever. Now, Catherine Pollard makes um, quite a few good points on why rolling snack really works for her setting because she really takes into account the needs of her children, especially children with additional needs, And in her setting, rolling snack works best for them. And she tells us why. She says that she has a couple of children with additional needs. Some of the children have issues with swallowing. So they feel it's important to try and encourage him to have more than a yogurt. 
um, to practice the swallowing skills. One child will snatch all of the food if she really likes it. So her one-to-one uses first and then cards to her and try to explain that when snack is finished. Another child has previously only had a diet of mainly sausage rolls and pasties and juice and things that might not particularly be so healthy and also not being able to have the amount that he's used to so they're working on even though snack is finished don't worry because he will get his dinner soon she says why rolling snack seems to work for her is because all the needs that she needs to cater for in her cohort all seems to be around them accepting food is finished for now and they need a distraction to find something else to do and for her running snack supports those children in that way so that's amazing thank you Catherine. other people have written on instagram children learn to regulate themselves and know when they're hungry or not it enables us to give the children a communication and language rich activity and they can control when they'd like their snack all really good points So now on to a couple of examples of why some of you have chosen to do group or whole class snack. We have Ellie Trivetti. She says that we use it as a social time to catch up with learning or weekend news. I really like that. Yeah, that's using it as a social point. Great. Kim Pook says children need that structure so they know what's coming next. It also demonstrates the importance of sitting around a table and socialising with their friends. We encourage smart sitting and manners as they must say please and thank you. Milk and water is set out at the table ready and then they must go and find their drink independently. This encourages choice and decision making which again is very important for children of such a young age. So I really like actually what Kim says there is even though their snack time is guided there is a level of independence as well which is really important. Others on Instagram have said, we use it as a social time to catch up with learning or the weekend news. That's really nice. We have snack and chat. We sit and share snack and milk and talk about our day. A purely child-led agenda. Finally, we can keep everyone safe and know everyone has eaten. Yeah, that is a really good point. I think I always worry about rolling snack. Perhaps if you have children with allergies... I have quite a few allergies myself and even though I'm an adult, I'm able to control and manage if I'm around certain foods and know that I'll be safe. But for younger children who perhaps maybe have a dairy allergy or a wheat allergy, I would always worry that what, you know, are they going to be okay if there's a spill or if there's an accident that happens? And I think, although of course, rolling snack has an adult there, so it's not like they're unsupervised at all. I think that maybe just having... A sit down where you know everyone's had snack and it's now finished so you can breathe a little bit uh, for the children who may potentially have allergic reactions. I really enjoy getting your voice on this because one of the things that I picked up on when I was gathering your experiences is that some of the responses for the reasons as to why you chose a certain approach for snack time I thought would be for the other approach and it's really nice to see actually that All of the skills that you have all mentioned, such as communication, independence, social skills, life skills, either way, they are going to be achieved by either by either approach, you know, and that's really exciting. So thank you to everyone that spoke to us. Now, I hope I don't have to say this, but I am going to say this anyway. This episode is not here to tell you 
what kind of snack time you should be running. Not at all. Um, I'm just here to discuss different ways of doing it and sharing with your views. And it's really quite interesting because whenever I plan these podcast episodes, I always talk about them with my team. And Katie, my colleague, brought a really interesting point up um, because she worked in um, private nurseries, um, which also meant that she had babies to feed and toddlers. And and she really wanted to share her experience with trying rolling snack and the things that she had to be aware of. And the biggest thing for her was their developmental stage. Some children were just not ready for rolling snack. She gave examples of things like, you know, what if the children just <laughs> took the food, all of it, didn't know how to take one piece? What if the children were too young to feed themselves? What if the children were not developmentally ready to feed themselves? And things like that. And that I think that's a really good point, actually, that no matter what approach you choose, just being aware of their developmental stages, as we do anyway, that's our job and we're really good at it. So whatever approach you choose, are your children, are your cohort developmentally ready for a more independent style rolling snack? Or is it actually that they really need more adult-led, adult-guided snack time where they sit down and rest together? I've also got Alicia here. Um, I really wanted to have a perspective from additional needs. Alicia is um, a SEN specialist. It's what she studied at university. And I think it's really important to take into account the experiences of our children with additional needs and how different kinds of snack time uh, can affect them. So here she is with her expertise. So yeah, feeding or eating difficulties are widely recognised problems for children with additional needs, particularly those who have autism or specific ways of communicating uh, during snack time. Some skills that you're going to want to put into consideration for these children are turn-taking, waiting, social interaction, peer communication, uh, following instructions, making healthy choices. Some of those skills that you might need to work on in a different way for certain children with additional needs. It is important to remember that every individual child does have their own communication preference, but some of the strategies I've used in practice are, and I'm actually aiming to write a blog surrounding the effectiveness of some of these, but having snack times clearly in view on your visual timetable, making a separate visual timetable for a specific child if that's necessary, uh, having snack time at the same time every day. We know routine can be important, especially for children with additional needs. It can also be beneficial to have the same snack every day or every Monday we have raisins, every Tuesday we have apple slices. Every child is unique. So it's about working to the strengths of the child and seeing what works best for them. Similarly, having a PEC system or a communication board up to date with snack times is another useful tool here because it could bring in an element of choice. For example, putting crackers and grapes on the board and allowing the child to choose what they would like to eat as this helps us use snack as a learning opportunity to grow. It also aids communication. I've been in settings where staff haven't had the correct or official PECS training and perhaps say if we run out of crackers signing that crackers are finished or gone and removing that PECS card from the board 
This really helps remove confusion when you get a child with additional needs. Signing for more of one type of snack, rightfully so, when it's still on their board, and then getting upset or stressed when they aren't able to have the said snack. Depending on your setting, it may also be useful for the whole class or school to be able to learn the Makaton sign for snack. Peer modelling works well here too, through maybe having a snack monitor where everyone is responsible for an element of snack, for example, one child to hand out toast, another to spread butter on it, another to offer water from a jug, encouraging independence where possible and allowing opportunity for calculated and safe risk taking. Remember to use some judgment here though because every child has individual needs and for some it may be beneficial to have their snack provided and pre-prepared by their parents or guardians if that child is more accustomed to and comfortable with that. No matter what process you go through at snack, a whole lot of positive reinforcement is always important and remembering to encourage children to self-identify if an error has been made. Always take into consideration processing time, dietary requirements, those skills I mentioned earlier about taking specific children's level of social interaction and communication into account. And remember patience. Sometimes snack times can feel like we've lost a bit of control over the class. We may be just as hungry and as tired as the other children in the class. Work with the child and find what helps them because they will be just as willing to make snack time as easy and as fun as you would like it to be. we couldn't have an episode about snack without our honorary member Betsy. So Betsy is here to tell us her favourite snack to eat. Let's see if you can guess what it is. My favourite snack is cheese. Oh, thanks Betsy. Oh cheese is great isn't it? You know I love cheese too. Thanks for sharing. our episode on snack I thought it would be really fun to play a game uh, just for fun just to make you giggle for the end of the episode it's a guessing game see if you can guess along with me So I've got our wonderful manager Lauren with us today and she's agreed to play a really quite cheeky game with us, haven't you Lauren, which is very exciting. <laughs> I have, love a cheeky game. Exactly, don't we all in early years, it's what gets us through the day. Um, and because we're talking about snack uh, this episode, I thought it would be really fun for us to do a little guessing game. We ask our children to use their senses all the time, don't we, in early years, and to use their describing words in their vocabulary. So I think we should practice what we preach, Lauren. We should do the same. Uh, <laughs> by guessing what kind of fruit you have in your hand for snack time. Ooh. So Lauren is going to have a piece of fruit, but she's not going to show me it. All she's going to do is she's going to describe it to me, and I have to guess what it is can it be is it just fruit or can it be a variety of snack no i think it should be a variety because you're quite right it's fruit it's veg some people have crackers biscuits and things don't they so it could be anything i'm i'm slightly nervous but i'm a, i'm gonna give it a go 
Okay, so my first snack today, I have got something that is quite long. I would say it's like the length of my full hand from my fingertip to my palm. Oh my God, that's huge. It's... I'm looking at my hand like, okay, it's... okay. It's quite long. Uh-huh. It's quite thin. Oh, and it's got like a little sprouty bit at the top. <laughs> as soon as I tell you the colour, you're going to get it. So have you got any guesses so far? It's quite long, quite thin, and it's got a bit of a sprouty bit at the top. Well, I feel I'm, I'm for some reason I'm feeling asparagus, but I feel like people don't eat asparagus. That'd be a really fancy snack, Shana, for snack time. <laughs> okay. Um, long, thin and sprouty. Shall I give you some more clues? Yeah, go on. It's got some like little bumps and ridges. (laughs) 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 And the bottom is quite pointy. (laughs) Okay. Um, It's long. It's quite thin. It's sprouty at the top and pointy at the bottom. And it's got some like bumps and ridges all the way down it. <laughs> oh, can you please tell me the colour? Because I think I'm going to go. And wrong. it is orange. Orange? Mm hmm. Oh you could God. cut it up into little sticks. Oh! You might have it with a cucumber. <laughs> is it a carrot? <laughs> Yay! It's a carrot! I can't believe I didn't think of that. I think I was thinking too thin. That's quite a that's quite a girthy carrot, if I say so myself. That is not a thin carrot. I thought it was quite thin. You have to see the size of some of the carrots in my fridge. <laughs> I think you know it's because we're thinking of carrot sticks. That's what I'm thinking of. Exactly. Not being organised enough yet to chop those up. That was a good one. That was a good one. Okay. <laughs> Item number two in my snack selection. Now, this one, I think, has been lurking in my fridge for a little while, but it is popular. It's a popular fruit in our house. Um, it is, it's, it fits in the palm of my hand, and it's like an oval ball shape, a bit like an egg shape. Okay. Um... But it is a little bit furry on the outside is that because it's been in your fridge too long (laughs) (laughs) no it's supposed to it might be extra furry because it's been in the fridge for so long but no it's it's like greeny brown it's Mm. a little bit furry it's egg shape and it fits in the palm of my hand mango no mangoes are too big Mm. i think some people can have um, I think it's quite a popular one to look out for for allergies in the classroom with this. Oh, is it kiwi? Because I'm allergic to kiwi. It is. <laughs> it's a kiwi. It's funny that as soon as you said allergies, I was like, it's got to be a kiwi. Do you know what happens if I have kiwi? No. My tongue starts to bleed. Like, actually, it just rips apart and bleeds. <gasps> oh, yeah. how strange. I think it's because it's so acidic. It just literally, like, rips the skin off of my tongue. Oh. So. How we- oh, oh bless you, Shana. I know in our house, I've got the the little um, snack cutters. 
Oh. So if I slice it up and then you put the cutters on, it makes them into like pretty little flower shapes. Oh, I want snack at your nursery. <laughs> Not this snack. It's a bit. Oh, yeah. No, no. I don't want to. <laughs> I think that's going in the bin, that one. Okay. I don't know how many you want, but I've got quite a few. Keep going. Okay. So this one is not a fruit. Okay. Is not a vegetable. Oh. It is a dairy item. Oh. Ooh. So if you take it for a snack, you have to keep it in a fridge or keep it cool. Okay. It comes in lots of different flavors. You can get them in tubes. You can get them in funny shapes. You can get them in pots this one is cherry flavored oh i'm uh, i'm thinking yogurt it is it's a yogurt (laughs) last one so oh gosh how do i describe this one Hmm. (laughs) use all those senses lauren (laughs) i'm gonna smell it oh stop oh it doesn't smell of anything oh it's got quite a wide bottom. I don't, don't know. And quite a thin top. <laughs> You're just describing my body, Lauren. <laughs> so it's got a wide bottom and a thin top. Mm-hmm. It's got, I mean, I don't know if this is all, but this one's got a really big, like, stalk at the top as well. Okay. And it's, it's not the most attractive looking fruit, I don't think. It always looks a bit, like, old or dirty it's like greeny brown oh i know what this is this is a pear isn't it it is a pear oh look at that i love pears do you yeah i do they do look dirty don't they bless them yeah i know i'm never very keen but betsy loves a pear she's Mm -hmm. she'd eat them all day every day yeah i never know when's the right time because this one feels quite hard yeah i agree i think they're quite hit and miss aren't they either either they're really like yummy and juicy or they're just too hard and they're too crunchy well thank you for playing that wonderful game oh it's okay um i enjoyed it i thought it was i enjoyed it too and you are you are skilled at describing thank you for giving me all those clues because clearly i need it where did asparagus come from i don't know where i was living in my nursery world Uh, well thanks lauren thanks for bringing some light into our life oh thank you thank you for having me Oh, that was such a fun game. Did you get carrot? I don't know. Maybe it was just me, but she said orange was going to help me. It completely threw me. I had no idea what she had in her hand. (laughs) Oh, well, that is it for another episode of Twinkle Talksy YFS. I hope you've enjoyed it. Get in touch. Let me know what you think. Um, If you enjoyed it, please feel free to give a rating. It really helps us to reach more people. So give us a rating, uh, tap the notification button so you don't miss another episode, share with your friends, and I will see you next time. So that's it from today's episode. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you really enjoyed it. If you'd like to get involved or would like to know more, go and follow us on our social media sites. We've got a Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Pinterest account. All of the links will be in our description. And whatever you're doing, I hope you have a great day today. Mm